Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast, and I'm here today with the incredible, oh, what's some delicious words I can I, I can come up with today to describe my wonderful, amazing co-host Juanita Wooden Radko. I will think of some delicious ones for my next introduction. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Don't know what that means, but hey, it works. <laughs> So the last time that Winita and I were together, we started this conversation about how do you have sales conversations that lead into clients and customers? And I had given it uh, the five points, which is, you know, most of the conversation is, is should be about listening, asking questions, providing value, body language, and a test close. Guess how many of them we got through the last time? Hint, it's less than five. <laughs> Hint, it's less than three. <laughs> Hint, it's less than two. <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> yeah, one and a half. So we we really got into a focus on you know listening. And there was about three main points that we covered. So first of all, listen to understand, not to respond. Listen because you truly care about the person you want, what's best for them. And listen to determine if you want to work with this person. So if you if you haven't already heard that, you can go back. Juanita's and mine's episodes are always the first and third Tuesday of the month. So just you know, go back to the previous episode and you can listen through that. It was a huge, amazing discussion. So today we're going to start on point two and see how far we get. <laughs> we'll see. This might turn into a three or four parter. We'll see what happens. I believe in us, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say where what I believe us to do, but <laughs> I believe in us. <laughs> I was going to say brief and succinct. Hmm, that might be interesting. <laughs> But point number two, actually, just before we do that, Winita, do you have any thoughts that you want to share just before we get into uh, part two, asking questions? Let's jump in. I always have them as soon as, do you know what? I have the ideas. As soon as you start talking, that's when I go, oh yeah, I want to say this. <laughs> Why do you do that, brain? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So the second part of the sales process is asking questions. And, you know, we talked about the listening part, but the asking questions is the other part. So if you're really going to help this person, you want to have a deep understanding of their problem. And, you know, we were talking about when you owned a Husqvarna sewing machine shop. That was very wonderful and exciting. 
but you would ask questions. You actually interviewed your potential clients and customers to find out, you know, really where they kind of fit in. So, you know, maybe talk about that a little bit, Juanita. Like, what was that process like? Because you said that Harskavarna took you through a whole sales training to teach you how to sell these machines. Now, you got to understand that, you know, Juanita sold sewing machines from, what, $199, somewhere around there? Even lower. And when I first started and the economy was a little different, we had some $99 sewing machines all the way up to... When I finished, when I closed the store, we were, our top of the line was $15,000 sewing machines. So so those are two very different conversations. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And I think it's an, uh, just as a side note, they are conversations of varying length too. Mm -hmm. There's not, (laughs) there's not as many questions you need to ask if it's a $99 sale versus a $15,000 sale, you know. You want to get comfy for that (laughs) that 15 grand. (laughs) And it might be more than one conversation too. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of times the way I would upsell people was over a period of time when, because I was developing a relationship, Mm. the questions, one of the questions or three of the questions in my head, I always think that, which was brand age and type Mm. i'd ask about about the brand the brand of the sewing machine how old the sewing machine was and the type of sewing i I mentioned in the last podcast like what type of sewing do you like to do but knowing the brand that the uh person was sewing on currently Mm -hmm. they they might say something like oh I inherited my grandmother's uh, treadle sewing machine. And oh. I was like, oh, that those are gorgeous. They are so beautiful. But have you seen this button? One of the things about features of a treadle sewing machine is that it only does a straight stitch. Yes. And if you wanted to sew backwards, you have to spin your entire piece of your entire project around your entire piece of fabric so that it's backwards to the way you were heading before do a few stitches and then spin it all around again mm-hmm. and oh wow you mean i can just push a button and it'll go forwards and backwards <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, that was just the tip of the iceberg for the someone who was used to a treadle machine mm-hmm. finding out something like the brand also told me if they'd bought uh, some of the lower end brands from large department store, then that let me know, okay, so they might not have a good idea that sewing machines can be as expensive as 15,000. So I'm going to have to do some educating and getting people comfortable with the idea. Yes. Because, and that's something really important for our listeners to think about is you're asking questions to determine how much, how well educated your potential client is about the project mm-hmm. or the, about your service and about your product. Yeah. And, and knowing the age was another factor with that education because that told me, well, all right, if it's a really old sewing machine then they're not going to know the more recent developments. So 
that's also that's a good question for anyone not necessarily the age of your sewing machine but what are you currently what, using what are you currently using how long have you been thinking about getting this kind of service for your house or whatever they might be thinking that you can do something with uh, a technology that's no longer available yeah that like would, some machines you could there was no way to upgrade like you just mm-hmm. So that helps you too in managing expectations. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing is to ask ask questions and understand what they think they can get for the dollar amount that they have in their mind. Some yes. people are open to being educated about dollar amounts and other people have to be persuaded as to what is a fair <laughs> thing and you have to you have to be prepared to have this as a as a friendly conversation, but mm-hmm. these kind of questions should come uh, from a place of, okay, now I understand what you're, where yeah. you're coming from, what you're thinking about, as opposed to, oh, is that what you think? <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. You're not getting that, chum. You know, <laughs> exactly. exactly. You might. In, <laughs> In your head, you might think that, but it better not be on your face or in your tone of voice. <laughs> you know, questions help you to determine, first of all, you know, the one of the things we talked about the last episode, and I think we're going to do a full episode on this, is, you know, listening to find out if this person is, if you want them to be your client and customer. And part of the way of doing that is by asking questions of people that help determine. Like we, you were talking about, you know, what brand are they currently using? You know, so a question could be, what did you find frustrating about that brand? You know, what Mm -hmm. did you find frustrating about working with that specific company? Right. Like, so there's things that you can ask that will help you to determine, do you want to work with this person? So we're not going to go into that too much because we're going to do a full episode on that. Another question. One. This is such a it's a magical question, Kim. Ooh, we like magical questions. (laughs) If you could change three things about the product service that you have now, if you could change three things about your sewing machine, what would they be? In my case, it was almost always threading the machine, winding a bobbin, and changing the stitches or or changing the feet. Mm -hmm. That was, and depending on their answer, the yep. I would show them, well, it's really easy to thread because I just go whoop, up, down, up, down, and through the eye of the needle or down, up, down, and use the built-in needle threader. I don't even have to see the eye of the needle, which, <laughs> which after my 50th birthday, I can appreciate far more than I did when I was selling them in my selling machines in my 30s. <laughs> what do you mean but, you can't see the whole like it's right there? <laughs> it's like I want to smack past me in the head for that one. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm not no. wearing them, but you know, I'm showing in the video here, I'm showing the bifocals, which I actually cannot wear while I'm working on my computer which was one of the reasons why I bought them but I cannot find the right sweet spot where I can Mm. I can see so I do not wear them but at least now I can sit on the couch and watch tv and play on my phone and read a book at the same time without having to put my glasses on and off (laughs) knowing the three things 
it was like I said, threading, bobbin winding. That was where you could pull out your, if you have that question of what three things we can you change? You go, look at we have here. Wow, that was easy. Look at how easy it is to wind a bobbin. You don't have to unthread the machine. What? Wow, I can sew faster and the most tedious part is eliminated? Mm-hmm. Even better. And now do you want to see how easy it is to do a pattern stitch? Oh, yeah, I never used that on my other machine because I don't know how to change feet and do that. I'm like, well, push button number one and button number seven, and that's number seven, stitch 17. Oh, I can push buttons. I know how to work on telephone <laughs> and pull on, snap on, snap off, mm-hmm. changing. The easiest features of your product can be a miracle. They're like you're some kind of magician going, do you know what I love? I love that it is so easy to do that. And Mm. people will be like, I love that too. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like easy. (laughs) So I want to move on to number three, because let's try and get through all five today. But that, you know what, what you shared was, was really great. And I, I love those you know, what three things. And actually it may remind me something that we're going to talk about in number five, which is the test close. So Mm. number three is provide value. You know, when you share your knowledge freely with your potential client customer, it proves to them that you are the person that can help them. You know, I've heard so many times, oh, don't give it all away because if you give it all away, you know, you got to make people pay for your knowledge. And I have found the exact opposite is true. Now, let me clarify because it can be taken to the extreme. Mm -hmm. I don't give away my products and my services for free. That does not come free. You are paying for my products and my services. But my knowledge, I will share freely with you. You know, I do one hour phone consultations with people who are interested in writing a book. And I will answer any and every question they ask me. And I will tell them how to write a book in less than an hour. And people are like, you tell people that? Yeah. Because first of all, 97% of people are not self-motivated enough, even if I did tell them to do it themselves. But secondly, they don't want to do it themselves. Right. If anything, it gives them a better appreciation of, huh, this was a lot more work than I ever anticipated. Mm -hmm. So when people ask you questions, or you're talking about the problems that they're facing, don't hold back. Like even as a coach, you know, I'm not saying solve every problem they have on a introductory sales call. Mm -hmm. But as a coach, if you can solve one small problem they're having, which is usually only a symptom of the big problem that's hiding underneath, you know, the center of the onion, right? If you can show them that you can help them solve one small problem, guess who they're going to come to to solve the really big problems? It's another way of showing that you are a credible authority. And definitely your technique for showing your book, for giving potential clients and customers your own book establishes you as the authority. You give them a book. How much value is that, Kim? Well, it depends on whether we're talking about the the cost of the paper and shipping or the words inside of it, right? 
Um, and that, <laughs> that's the, the thing too, right? Like that's, that's one of the key things in the author to authority system is sharing your book, that signature book with them. I was talking to someone was it yesterday or the day before, and I offered to ship her my book and she looks at me and she goes, yeah, but isn't it expensive to ship from Canada, United States? I said, well, first of all, I said, my rates aren't too bad. I said, I, I ship enough that I get decent rates. I said, but secondly, I said, think of it this way. Let's say, you know, it even cost me $20, $25 between the cost of the, you know, the shipping and the, and the cost of the getting the book printed, right? But if I get that book into your hands and you see the value that I provide and I share my knowledge freely with you, you know, and in this case, would this person become a client? Probably not. But she has a massive community of entrepreneurs. So is it worth it for me to spend $25, you know, to get my book into her hands so that she can see my knowledge, skills, talents, and ability and promote me out to her community? Oh, you better believe it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and even I always think of what an ad in a newspaper, Mm -hmm. a newspaper, what's that? But a, (laughs) a newspaper ad for something let's say about the size of um like two business cards stacked on top of each other Mm. i think that was considered a 16th of a page it was when i first started it was about 200 dollars for some for an ad that size 200 to 250 dollars for one shot yeah and sure that would go out to our community of perhaps um, at the time, maybe 25,000 people, probably not even that many. Um, you know, I'm including local area. Um, but half of them, a third of them would be men. <laughs> third Which of them isn't was to kid. say that my target, it was like a, a very scattershot approach to advertising. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, and it was just that one shot and gone as opposed to reaching my targeted client and you've just sent it for $25 you've sent it to someone who will broadcast it to a much larger base and has potential collaboration mm-hmm. exactly. with you and so it, it's like a stone in a pond creates so many more ripples than that single newspaper ad was like spinning in the ocean <laughs> Yeah, exactly. 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 So, you know, don't be afraid to share your knowledge freely because mm-hmm. you will find that it creates relationship. It shows that you care. It positions you as that credible expert. So I think, you know, if we keep going like this, we need it. We can actually get through the other two today. So I want to okay. focus in on the last two, which is body language and your test close. Most people do not realize that most communication is done non-verbally. And people go, what do you mean by that? When you are talking to someone, you're not just listening to the words they say. You're listening to the inflection, the attitude, the emotion. You're looking at their body as they're speaking. And you're gauging sub, and a lot of this is subconscious. It's, it's not a conscious thing. It's a subconscious thing. You know, you're looking at that person and you're gauging them by what you're seeing in their body. 
for example, let's say you walk up to someone, you know, their face is very, you know, just stern looking. I'm, I'm trying to describe it because I'm on the video and I'm trying to make like a really stern face, which I'm finding hard to do right now. And, um, you know, their arms are crossed over their body and they're just kind of glaring at you. Closed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, are um, you really going to feel comfortable walking up and talking to that person? Probably not. Probably not. Although I do have a little trick I will, I want to share with that. If the person came into my store and they had that kind of look, I'm like, well, you didn't come in here for buying a, a piano. You came in here for some reason. <laughs> so you came in here for me to sell you something. If you have a situation like that where the client is coming to see you, you can, your self-talk is um and maybe we should have another podcast episode about self-talk but i would sometimes tell myself is you're here to buy a sewing machine they're here to buy something from me yeah i bet i can make you smile you know yeah. that was i had it as a little challenge to myself and one of the things i would do body language is i would mimic their posture in some ways i wouldn't be like frowning close crossed arms but I would respect a greater distance between us because obviously they weren't ready to get too close yeah. to me. I would stand with, say, my feet shoulder width apart and I would mirror their posture, but an open version of their posture. Yeah. So basically communicating that this is a safe place. I had it in my mind. I was the hostess welcoming you to my party. If yeah. you didn't want to be at the party, you'd go, right? <laughs> I think that means a lot. And you know what? I think let's put that in your notes. Let's do an episode on body language as well, because that's a huge topic in and of itself. And I, you know, I want to get to the test close as well. So okay. let's do a full episode on body language in the sales process, because I think that one's important as well. So Juanita is the planner person. So I'm like, I leave that up to her to just make sure that that gets marked down. So let's go to the last one for today. And that is a test close. So you've had this wonderful conversation with the person. Um, you know, you've talked about your products and services. And where do you go from here? Actually, that's a question that you can use as a test close. If you've had this wonderful conversation, you can say to the person, you know, how do you want to proceed? That's a test close question. Now, sometimes, you know, the person's going to buy like they're they are so excited over the moon, whatever, you know, they've given you no objections that they're, they're like, almost, shut up and take my money. Yeah, just pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's people that you're not sure about. I mean, there's other people, you know, they are not ready to buy. Right. So you don't even yeah. push it. But then there's those people in the middle and you're kind of like, I'm not sure like where they're sitting. So when you ask, how would they like to proceed from here? You're asking a very open-ended question that allows them to explain what they're thinking and they're feeling. And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes they're ready to move forward, right? So you just start the process. Other times they're telling you the reasons why they feel that they are not ready, whether it be time, whether it be money, whether, you know, they're, they just don't feel prepared. Like one of the things that we see even though I've told them that we're going to do everything for them, they're like, I, I just don't know what to write about. And to them, that's a humongous concern. 
you know, and, and then at that point, then I can go back into the education of the process of writing a book with us. And I'm like, that's okay. You do not need to know exactly what you want to write about, but can you tell me this? Right. And if they can tell me certain things, then I'm like, okay, that's all I need for us to be able to get started. I can help you write a book. Right. So it's that test close. Now, Carol Boston, who's part of the authority gang, she has empowering questions. So let's just say that you've asked a few test questions. You're really sensing that the person wants to, but there's just kind of something holding them back. So you can actually ask them, you know, and it's similar back in, in podcast number one of this. Um, you know, you talked about, you know, the three things. So the question that Carol Boston teaches is, what is the one thing that is holding you back from getting started today? Now, this question is really great. But, you know, if someone's really negative or whatever, that's not a question you ask them, right? Because that just annoys them and it feels manipulation. But if you really sense that the person wants to move forward, but there's something holding them back, right? So you're not asking this question to manipulate. You're asking this question to clarify. And most times you'll be surprised what the person says. Winita, we had a client, right? And this was the process. And, and so I'm kind of like, okay, what's the one thing holding you back? And he, he said to us, he says, well, he says, I know it's going to be a lot, but I need three or four blog posts written. I, I tried not to, I tried not to laugh. I really, I, I had to keep such a straight face, but for him, that was something massive, right? Mm -hmm. That, that was, that was the deal breaker. And three or four blog posts for our listeners is what the work of a single chapter, not even, not, not even, even the work of a single chapter kind of yeah. thing like, Psh. oh, okay. Now, of course you can't be dismissive or scoff no. like I just did, but that's the thing is that was such a valuable piece of information. It was like, oh, is that all is what you, yeah. you probably will think inside when you're asking whether you're trying to find out if they have any objections with your test close. Mm. One of the test close closes I would use, it sounds like this is the perfect machine for you. Shall I box it up and I can get uh, Lee to ring it up at the till? Yep. And, and so I'm presuming at this point, because mm. if it, I'm presuming that the sale is done uh, people will definitely tell me if it's not. <laughs> you know, they're like, no, 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 no. I wasn't ready to hand over my credit card just yet. Or, yes, I, I guess so. Yep, exactly. You know, they'll they'll tell you what they're, what's got them on the fence. Mm -hmm. But I, I did like that. It sounds like you're ready because sometimes people need you to tell them you're ready, yeah. and yeah. And then they can go, oh, I guess I have. Yeah, like when that gentleman said that to me, right? I said to him, I said, that is something that we could help you with. Mm -hmm. If I was able to include that in the, in the price of the package as a special bonus for you, you know, can we move forward? And his answer was yes. So, you know, learn how to do those test closes. So we're going to actually just kind of start to shut this down here today because we don't want to go over our time limit. I think in closing, what, what I want to talk about is the fact that, you know, 
having a system for your sales conversations. So the five things, you know, the listening, the questions, the providing value, the body language, the test close, that should be all part of your system of selling. And when you have a system of selling, at first, you're not going to get as good as results as you want. When, when you first design it and you're first starting to do it, it's not going to be as great. But over time, you can refine that sales process so that, you know, a fair amount of the people that, you know, you are talking to are converting into clients and customers. You know, on average, if I've got, I would say a warm lead, cold leads are different, right? Um, but if I've got a warm lead, you know, usually six or seven out of 10 will purchase the package if they're a warm lead. If they're a hot lead, then it's usually nine out of 10. If they're a cold lead, maybe three or four, right? So you got to look at the quality of the lead that's coming in as well. So my friend, we're going to shut this down today. This has been Kim Thompson-Pinder and Juanita Wooden-Radko on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift that I would love to give you. Coming out this year, I am releasing my book, Author to Authority. And if you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, professional coach, or speaker, and you want to find out how to gain visibility and how to build your business bigger, stronger, faster, then I recommend that you download a free sample of the Author to Authority book at www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. It's going to be a great resource for you that teaches the author to authority concept and the six key areas that you build authority in and how you can use a book to do it all faster. So don't forget, get your free copy today.